Hello, welcome back to the Man Overboard podcast, episode 41 this week. We're there, we've made it. We must be in like the top 3% of podcasts. <laughs> we're, in the, we're in the top 1%. <laughs> to have put this many episodes out, yeah. we're getting there anyway. It'll be like people with the um, OnlyFans thing, where they're in the top something percent. We'll have that on our profile soon. We'll All we need top. is for Spotify to push us, and then we'll be in the top <laughs> few percent of Spotify. There you go. But they've been coming out with some crazy new features recently. So the first one I want to touch on is the new Spotify AI DJ. Have you mm. used it yet? Yeah, so this was something that I'd known about because I'd seen Spotify talking about it for a couple of months now. And I really wanted access to it. And it was a feature that I'd, you know, I'd been aware of. I was like, oh, come on, when's it, where am I going to get access to it? Because I knew they'd do the rollout thing where, you know, percentage of users get it, percentage don't while they're testing it out. And um, one of my friends got it a week before everybody else got it, but they had no idea that the feature was coming out. So they were like, oh, I've got this new DJ thing. It's pretty cool. And I was like, how the fuck? Why do you, like everybody I know that knows about it didn't get it for like weeks. And people that didn't know about it got it weeks before, but didn't use it. But I am over the moon for it. Like I'm, I'm all for it. I think it's, I think it's, I think nice. it's been good so far, but I was in exactly the same boat as your friend. I had no idea it was coming out at all. I'd not heard a single thing about it. And then it just popped up on my, on my Spotify. True. I was like, Ooh, what's True. this? What is this? And then when you clicked into it, did you, what did you think? I, how, who's this fella talking <laughs> yeah. to me? DJ it, was, it was like, you've been listening to a lot of indie music recently. Here's a playlist that you'll love. And yeah. then it just like jumped my, into my, it. My favorite ones that it does, on on because I, I, I like that it's not just taking music from your library because I fall into a trap with Spotify and you know any kind of music service where I'll listen to my liked songs playlist or like one big playlist that I've got. But Spotify likes to just play the top 100 songs from that playlist. Like, you never hear any of the deep cuts from that. Like, if you've got a playlist with over 3,000 songs on it, there's about 2,500 that you'll never hear if you put it on shuffle. It just doesn't want to play them. I don't know why. Uh, but with Spotify DJ, it seems to be doing a good job of digging deep and finding new music and finding music your friends are listening to and bringing stuff in from here and there, different playlists and that. But I'm, I'm It's strange it. how everyone stopped listening to the radio, but this is practically just the radio but on spotify it's 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 like personalized radio though isn't it yeah because it switches between all the different genres but obviously pick songs that you like or that it thinks you'll like whereas the radio normally you just pick one genre for a radio station and there's all the ads in there which is really annoying yeah. but it's a cool feature and spotify i was talking about this with my old man the other day spotify now are becoming the kings of everything mm-hmm like they've got, the, they're the top podcast platform. They've got audio books on there now. They've got video podcasts. Yeah, they do, don't they? They host, yeah. Because I remember the first time I saw a video podcast, it was, I think it was the Always Sunny podcast. And they did it, they did audio episodes initially. But then when they started doing video episodes, they were like, and we're going to put them on YouTube and Spotify at the same time. I remember hearing that and thinking, how are you going to? And then one day I was watching the um, Sunny podcast and I opened up my Spotify app to like change it or something. And I saw that the video was playing. And I was like, when the fuck did that happen? They're kind of, their like user interface as well is really simplistic. So I feel like they do blow a lot of comp- competition out the water when it comes to, you know, videos and audio and everything. I mean, I've used Spotify for 10 plus years now. It's simple to use, isn't it? And I was, um, there's a Netflix documentary about Spotify True. and why it was founded and, and how it came about. It's really interesting, actually. You should check it. You'll You'll definitely like it. And they were saying that, the reason Spotify came about was, uh, is it Daniel Elk, who's the founder? 
he was trying to listen to some music on the internet on like LimeWire or Pirate Bay or whichever one it was. Uh, and he couldn't get the song he wanted. Like it was just impossible to find or it was in a different language. No, 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 no. Or it was a virus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or it was a virus. So he'd created marketing algorithms and stuff previous so he, he was a tech guy and he thought there must be a better way to do this where not only is it better quality music and it's easy to access but also the artists get a cut then because at that point in time more and more people were just choosing to illegally download instead of album sales album sales were already dropping etc and i found that really interesting because I kind of see Spotify as like a really bad thing in the music industry, which obviously they, they don't pay artists quite what they should in, in a lot of cases, especially with smaller artists. But at the same time, if they weren't around still and your only choice was illegally download it or go buy every album you want to listen to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're going to struggle, aren't you? Yeah, Like you'd struggle. end up just yeah. buying four albums a year. I listen yeah. to four albums a week at least. Mm-hmm. And I think people's, I think a lot of people would just taking less music in that case without without the free access to the millions of songs that we have at the moment i don't think i would listen to even 10 percent. i don't even think i'd know 95 percent of the artists i know now if it wasn't for this is what i mean you'd find a few artists you like probably listening to the radio and then you'd go buy their album and you wouldn't really discover anyone else spotify for me is i've probably discovered hundreds of artists mm-hmm. and they've got now they've got that little concerts tab as well yes which yeah, means you good. can see like whenever that. anyone's coming near you if you like if you go on an artist you like them scroll down a little bit you can see if they're doing a show anywhere near you and the amount of times that i've actually seen that and gone oh shit oh, yeah. and then gone and got the tickets i think the issue is like not only does spotify not pay artists enough but also the fact of the live shows aren't worth as much as they used to be because now venues take a cut of the merch as well. They take a bigger cut of the actual ticket sales. Everything, pretty much. This is what I mean. Whereas probably 10, 12 years ago when Spotify was first starting to like really become a, a mainstream thing, I was thinking, oh, well, if people discover us on there, at least we'll make money off the merch and the tour sales. Whereas now it's like every revenue stream has been really dwindled down to the point where it seems that only the biggest like upper echelon artists are gonna be able to take advantage of it in any way i don't like like you're saying though it was it was brought in as like a means to an end so it was like let's at least give the artist something let's give them Mm. some pennies instead of you know allowing people to illegally download i mean people still can obviously but giving people the option to pay i think is well, I, I I love Spotify. I I yeah. can't fault it, and I get that there's obviously issues that people have, like musicians have issues with the service due to the like sheer little amount of money that they get from it. But you know, it's one of those things where it's like you can't pay people in exposure, but they are kind of in a way also helping more people to find that artist. Spotify mm-hmm. as a service, I can imagine has, you know, well, I mean, I imagine like you're saying, we've both found many artists through Spotify. So without Spotify itself, those artists, if they weren't on there, we wouldn't have found them. So it becomes like a self-fulfilling, like, it's like a catch yeah, they're annoyed, but yeah, it's helping them, but it's also not helping them enough, but they're getting money from it, but it's not great. And it's, yeah. But I think this new Spotify DJ, having that in place and having it so that, because there was one of them where it was like, I see you've made some blends with some of your friends. Let's, now here's a tunes that your friends are listening to. And it puts on, and I usually skip that one because it's obviously, my they're listening like to it. Yeah, exactly. It, it tends to be that those blends is very obvious which ones are my songs and which ones are the other person's songs. I've never really blended with somebody that, you know, it was all the same. And I think that's the same with everybody. I don't think anybody has a friend who listens to exactly their music taste. Um, 
But there were, sometimes it throws up really weird ones where it said, now it's time for a vibe. And that vibe is library. I had that. And I had another one where it says, that vibe is anxious. <laughs> I was like, Spotify, what are you doing? The anxious. one for library. Yeah, library, it played Enter Shikari. And then anxious, it played some sad boy emo shit. And I was just like, well, what are, now it's time for a vibe. And that vibe is getting really scared. <laughs> I liked the best one I've had so far is it said, oh, it's getting close to the summer. Here's like a summer throwback. But I just wonder if it picked one of the old Spotify playlists or it was a summer throwback or well, pick songs from each of them. So, so it has done that for me before. It said, uh, now we're going to throw it back to 2016. Here are some of your songs that you really liked in that year. And the first time it did that, I was like, Holy shit, this is going back into like all old playlists, the ones that Spotify have generated because it must know of them. And then a day later, I got, now we're going to throw it back to 2016. I was like, what? And then it played the same first song again. And then a day later, now we're going to throw it back to 2016. I was like, <laughs> use a different year. I've got 2014 up to 2023. You could choose any of them. Why is it? I think it needs polishing, but it is still in beta, I think. Mm. I think it's not technically. fully. I think it's one of those where it's technically out, but it's technic- they're going to go, well, there's still issues because it's in beta, and it's like kind of their way of defending themselves. Yeah, but if anything goes wrong, they can say, well, it's not fully ready yeah, What do you expect? It's not finished yet. It's going to do that. Um, but overall, I've been using it probably about 60% of the time I've been on Spotify. Really? And then 40% in my own playlists. I've been oh. using it as like my de facto... like the. The only one downside to it I found is because I listen to Spotify through my Alexa a lot. If you're using the DJ function through Alexa, it doesn't play the DJ. So you'll have four songs that are indie, and then all of a sudden it's playing these random songs. And it wouldn't be so much of an issue if I knew what was coming up or like what it had changed to. Not even like it's not a problem because it's songs that I'll probably like anyway and Mm. I'd keep them on. But. It's just nice to know, here comes super heavy music when you were listening to really calm stuff, but there's no bridge between it because it cuts that out. So it's just basically like a weird-ass playlist if you do it through Alexa. That's exactly what they'll say it's in beta for. At some point, yeah. they'll do it for Alexa yeah, as well. Yeah, true, yeah. And they'll say, yeah, very good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah they'll be use that. that. Yeah. But speaking of music, it was a big weekend of festivals last weekend. Nice. And this weekend as well, actually. Oh, but yeah, this weekend. We both went to different festivals last week. I went to Live at Leeds Festival, which was like two-door DMAs, all your indie stuff. Mm-hmm. I went through to Slam Dunk North, which was, uh, well, I mean, I went to see like Offspring, uh, Billy Talent, Shikari with a bowl and for soup, all the, all the goldie all the old oldies. School, oh, old yeah. school emo-y. Type. <laughs> Is it emo? <laughs> Scar, punk. Yeah. I'd say punk. I'd say they all fit into punk more than emo. Yeah, B-Tech 1975 with the trumpets and that. But I heard that... Sl- <laughs> Which band? Don't Boil in for Soup have trumpets. No. Um, I think, is that <laughs> less than jerk? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> I was close. Yeah. Um, but I didn't go to Slam Dunk this year and I saw a lot of negative press online. I've kind of seen a mixture though. I've seen like a few YouTubers say, oh no, it's fine. But I thought, yeah, it's probably going to be fine for you because you'll get there early. You'll have all day. You'll have a press pass or whatever. What was your experience like with the festival? So I... Personally, for me, um, I just had a really loud pee and I felt it and that's going to pick up like a motherfucker. <laughs> uh, for me, it, <laughs> for me, it was it was a good experience. Uh, I enjoyed the day as a whole, but that is coming from a man in his 20s who was on his own going in between two groups of people. So me navigating between main stage and the other main stage wasn't so bad because I wasn't having to wait for anyone. I could cut through, you know, I wasn't having to like, I could kind of not barge my way through, but you know, people would part away. Whereas I feel like if you were smaller or like in a bigger group, you'd have such difficulty moving through the crowds. It felt like it was 
there's rumors that it was oversold. I don't know how true it is, but apparently what happened with... So Slam Dunk South was on the Saturday and there was loads of issues with uh, parking there and there was loads of issues with people getting in. You know, people were saying they were waiting like seven or eight hours. There's all sorts of like people, their experiences with getting in. And then when they were actually in there, the amount of food there was, the amount of water there was, like it was kind of packed. You know, it wasn't very well thought out apparently. And... What was different about North was that they sold more tickets and they were going to actually increase the venue size. Again, this is allegedly, I'll throw that out there. They were going to increase the venue size and have it so it was a bigger area. Mm-hmm. But they ended up selling more tickets, but then they didn't go through with the expansion of the arena, which is why it felt more cramped than it had in previous years. Now, I, I'd never been to Temple Newsom for Slam Dunk. I'd only done the one in the city. And I fucking adored the fact that it was in a city because you could just you were walking around the streets there was music playing and it just felt so it felt different it, yeah it kind of like you kind of like you know when you used to go to like your school for like a christmas raffle yeah, and or there was something after in a different school light. yeah yeah because it was like at 5 p.m in the evening or something it was dark outside and you'd be inside and you were wearing your own clothes and you could walk anywhere kind of it just felt that's what it felt like slam dunk being in the city it was just like oh this is different now i could walk down the street drinking alcohol so like i say, i don't have a i don't have a point of reference for how temple newsom was in the past but from my experience it's fucking it's like it's worse than it was in town center um, because number one, it feels too much like another festival, which before it kind of had this little edge of, oh, it's in a city, you know, it's a bit different. It didn't really feel like it fell into the list of like Leeds Fest download and yeah. all those, which just, you know, acts in a field. So now it feels like it's going in that. So it feels like it's lost a little bit of its spark because that was like a selling point. Um, but in terms of actually like the acts, the acts were really good. They all did a really good job, but I think also the crowd was a bit dead. Like, if you got up front for any of the acts, there was a lot of, like, just, you know, I don't know the best way to phrase it, people that were not wanting to go as crazy as you would if you were at Barrier. There was a lot of people at Barrier that were then getting pissy that people were pushing them or, like, getting annoyed, like, getting, oh, get off me and don't touch me and stuff like that. And you think you're at Barrier. And I get that you don't want people to be crushing you against the Barrier, but it wasn't, it was in between acts and stuff and... It wasn't like when there was actual crushing going on that you could just tell it was a general air of... Yeah, I think it maybe think sounds like people were just a bit pissed off in general. Yeah, like that's if you it. were there, you couldn't get a drink easily, you couldn't get food easily, it took you a couple hours to get in, you could yeah, be pissed then, off. Yeah, they're naturally going to be pissed off. And, and, and I also think people are a lot more conscious nowadays of crowd crushing and how real and dangerous of a thing it is. So as soon as people start to feel kind of enclosed, I think it's natural and fair. I don't think... They're unfair by doing it at all to say, you know, can you back off me? Can you move away? I can't. I haven't got enough space. But it did feel like there was an air of just annoyed people more than anything. But, I mean, overall, like I say, I enjoyed the axe. I caught quite a few in the Knotfest tent, uh, which was like fit for, a, um, fit for a king, all sorts of like heavier axe and mm-hmm. that. Um, and then saw less than Jake. And then I went over to the other stage and saw Billy Talent, who were fantastic. But I didn't really go into the crowd for Billy Talent because I'd, I'd kind of got there just as they were starting. And I thought, I'm not going to bother pushing in now. I might as well just enjoy the view that I've got. Uh, and then I came back over for Offspring and the Offspring were on form as they always are. Like I don't think I've I'm, not seen them yet, surprisingly. They, I would like to. They're really good, like live. It's For how old they are as well, they still hold the show down and it's still, they sound just like the studio, like even the vocalist hasn't lost his voice, you know, it's all, and I think it's because his singing style was never 
extreme. He was never pushing his voice, so he's never going to lose that style, which is good to know. Well, at least you had a good time with the band you saw then. Like, yeah. And I think, as you said, it's a bit different for us. Like the Yeah, I mean... In in terms of the organisation of the event, if we're moving away from the bands and just talk about the event itself, it was pretty shambolic. You know, yeah. the staff didn't know what they were doing when we got there. The parking queue was massive, so luckily I was getting dropped off. But the drop-off point that was, like, designated didn't exist, and it took you up this road. And when you got to the top of the road, they were just, like, weaning people off. And you could see everyone was confused because they were turning people into a field. But every time somebody got up to the field entrance, they'd be stopped there for, like a couple of minutes whilst they're talking to someone out the car window, one of the staff members. And I just thought, that seems odd. And when we got there, we asked the same thing. We were like, why are we going in this field? The drop-off point's down there. They're like, oh, no, we've, we've changed it. So everyone's going to get dropped off in the taxi rank. Uh, so everyone had to go into this field and just get dropped off in the taxi rank then walk across into the entrance. Wasn't too bad for myself, but um, apparently the it was also the area where the disabled people were getting dropped off and their entrance was on either side. Uh, and I had friends who were in who had uh, disability access, and they were saying that like it for disability it was shambolic. Like wow. they couldn't they the the amount of distance they had to get to the entrance. You know, it was on uneven. There was like bits where they're going over cobbles and stuff. And you're thinking, somebody on crutches or in a wheelchair, how the fuck are they doing that? Yeah, there's all sorts of like I can't give testament to him, but there's reports of like the um, disabled area being like not big enough and there wasn't enough space for it. People using the disabled toilets that weren't supposed to be using the disabled toilets, but security weren't doing anything about it. So they'd be queuing up for it. And obviously the queues for the toilets, oh, the queues for the toilets were insane. I'm not even kidding. Like, you know how far back the crowd would go on like second stage at a festival for the main act? Imagine that, but just a single file from the toilets from the front of the stage all the way back to the back of the... It was. Yeah. It must have been 100 people long. Like That's It ridiculous. was ridiculous. I remember walking past it and going, what are these? And then looking and then going, oh my, is this the queue for the toilets? So I understood why people were kind of tearing off and trying to use the disabled toilets. But then it was very obvious who had disability access and who didn't because of the wristbands, but security weren't saying you can't yeah, use I think this. It, it gets to a certain point where security are probably thinking, fuck my life, what have I signed up for? How it? can I even yeah. stop these people? Because you have people going, well, I'm going to piss myself. And they're going, well, you can't use this toilet. And they're like, well, I'm going to... And they're going to have to go, well, you can go... You know what I mean? What yeah. do they do? They're yeah. only human at the end of the day. It's so. a tough one for them. Yeah. I had the complete opposite experience. Ooh. So for context, for anyone listening, I went to Live at Leeds Festival the day before Slam Dunk at exactly the same festival site. So they set it up and then there's about five or six things there there's, that, that, that go on one day after another. So on the Saturday, I was at Live at Leeds Festival, which... Literally, I, I got the shuttle bus in, um, so I didn't have to park, but I could. I, I had to wait for the shuttle bus back afterwards, and parking looked pretty calm. Everyone got out quickly. looked easy. Um, entrance took about five, ten minutes. Got off the bus, got in, finished your drink. Calm. That was one thing about the entrance. How were they on check-in at the entrance? Because a lot of people complain about Slam Dunk because, like, I got in, and, you know, like just naturally, even if you've got nothing on you, you're just naturally anxious that they're mm. going to pat you down or they're going to check your bags. I just walked straight in. Yeah, live they didn't even stop me. Didn't even stop me there. No dogs. Me. They made me empty my pockets, but that's because I had a lot in my pockets and they were like searching bags and stuff like what they needed to do. But well, there was there was people coming in and like like some of the mates that I was with, they had like handbags with them and smaller bags and stuff. And they were going, yeah, they didn't check yeah. this at all. I could have just brought anything in. Kind yeah, of I did think to, I did say to the people I was with after at Live at Leeds, oh, I could have just brought a bottle of booze in here. Right. I and I think I think it's I think it's a poor show, especially in like the current climate of what's happening at festivals. And there's been big shows where stuff's gone off. And yeah. I think I think people just 
I think when it comes to bag checks, it should always be done. I get not maybe not patting people down and maybe not giving people like you know fucking. I think for me, over, let me find out. For me, it should just be like empty pockets, metal detector. Yeah, metal detector, just any, just the basic thing. But the fact yeah. that they were just. You could just walk through. Like, you could have yeah. had anything on you. It's annoying, though, when you get overly searched as well. Like, that is stressful. That's what I mean. If they have a metal... De- if they, if you empty your pockets, obviously bag as well, like, check your bag, and metal detector you, that should be enough, because then you don't have bare any minimum. kind of weapon. No, like, yeah. bare minimum. Like, I think I think they... You know, there's a bare minimum that they didn't do. Mm. They didn't even do the bare minimum. I saw, like, to be fair, they seem to be checking people all right at Live at Leeds. But again, the entrance was really easy. The queues were only about five, ten minutes. Then you've got to wonder... Were they just letting people through for Slam Dunk in particular? Were they just letting people through because it was quicker? Yeah, because probably. there was just that many people, yeah, exactly. and they'd oversold anyway, allegedly oversold. So they were just going, just get them in. Yeah, that's what I'm in. saying. Because yeah. there would have been a massive queue, and people already pissed off. They'd have just been like, get them in. Whereas at Live at Leeds, it was more calm. True, but situations for the bands and stuff, crowds. Uh, do you know what I think? There can't have been anywhere near as many people as were at Slam Dunk. I reckon about half. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know how many were there, but. Every every stage I wanted to go to um, was it was like busy but not like too busy. Could pretty easily see the band. No issues with the crowd at all. Every bar maximum took me two minutes to get a pint. Bloody hell! A lot of the time I went to one that I knew was a little bit quieter. The one near the main stage was pretty busy at some points, but literally maximum two minutes to get a pint. I didn't wait to go for a piss once. You know, because I use the urinals. Urinals, yeah. No, I didn't wait. If you were using the urinals, there was no queue for the urinals. But I only found that out. They were on the very far side near the main stage. Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't know there was actually any urinals. Uh, So I didn't use the toilet for the first, like, six hours. And all my mates were going, I've been to the toilet four times. Have you not pissed yet? And I said, I refuse to queue. And then when I went over to see Less Than Jake on the other stage, I was like... Oh yeah, because I'm a man. I can just go to the right. So that was easy, and like as as far as food goes and stuff, uh, there was actually really good selection there. Like I I know that it was a piss take at Slam Dunk to get food, but for me, queues were like five minutes for food, probably the longest I queued for for the whole day. Got a nice little smash burger, but there was like Greek food, there was Chinese, there was. Do you everything. reckon they would have kept the same food yeah. vans? Yeah, it was. do you reckon so? Definitely, because yeah. there was salt and pepper chicken. I went to. Uh, and the queue for that, like you know, that it would have been the same layout then. Yeah, roughly, I see, yeah it's it? exactly the same. Was it, oh, okay. So you know that top bit where stage here, stage there, and then a tent there, and then the, all the foods. Yeah, were and then there. it was right at the end. The that type of one. because there was just queues going either oh, way. Was that was calm. the impossible bit. And like there was queue when we got in the salt and chicken queue, salt and chicken, salt and pepper. Chicken. I'd love salt and chicken. Um, it went up and then came back on itself. And we oh. waited for maybe forty minutes or so nah, to get to the front. Like every queue was doing it, and you got to the point where you were like. Are they what fucking? I'll tell you the difference as well. Like Slam Dunk must have been really badly organised then, because at Live at Leeds there was only one main stage. That the second one for Slam Dunk were fenced off. They didn't even have that open, and True. it was still calm. And True. that's without a whole other area for See, people to funnel into. It's either it is the organisation or it's the alleged overselling. I don't. I don't even think it would have been particularly oversold. I think because it's based on like how many security guards in the area, but I think it'll just be sold to the point where it's cramped. Like, I don't think it, like, legally will have been oversold, but maybe for everyone to have a better experience. Like, too many like tickets. kind of like on a bus, where it says yeah. maximum occupancy but then is you stood this up. many. Yeah, but everyone's Exactly, and you don't front. want to be like that. Yeah. So I think that's probably the case with Slammy. But Live at Leeds smashed it. 
happy with them, going to go back next year. Might not go to Slammy unless the lineup's amazing because it sounds like a shit show. <sighs> Fucking hell, like, like pretty much every day I was with was saying, unless they pull something out the bag with the lineup, they're not going to bother going. It's annoying year. as well because it's the first year they've had a really good lineup and sold out in a long time and they mm-hmm. fucked it up. Mm-hmm. And Bowling for Soup set, like, was apparently like one of the best sets they've ever done. And Jarrett even like put a post on Facebook saying, this was in like 30, 20, 30 years we've been doing this. He says, this is one of my favorite sets I've ever done. And I didn't fucking see it. So Billy talented said, but I've seen him like 10 plus yeah, times. They're doing a tour And they're doing anyway. it and I've got tickets for it. So <laughs> I'm going to switch up the order of how we were going to talk about things here. Just to keep it on the music theme for now. Right. So there's always drama with Matty Healy. Every time. And I know you love talking is he about the, him. He's the vocalist for Bone for Soup, isn't he? Yeah, he that is. That band with the trumpets. Um, so <laughs> I found this really funny. <laughs> 1975 do actually have trumpets. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, yeah, Bowling for Soup fucking don't. Yeah, because they're shit. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, I actually don't mind Bowling for Soup. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, but... <laughs> I swear. I swear to God. Um, Noel Gallagher did an interview this week, right. right? So, Noel Gallagher's got a new album out, um, and he seems to just be... I didn't even know. Yeah, well, this is why he's doing all these slanderous interviews. So he did an interview, and they asked him about the 1975, and his response was, he called Matty Healy a slack-jawed fuckwit. (laughs) Well, I mean... (laughs) So he went on to say, and it's just slander, but he said, at the Brits, the 1975 won the best rock or some fucking shit. I was watching it with my kids, two teenage lads, thinking, is it me being a grumpy old man? Yeah. Or is it shit? <laughs> they were both going, oh, no, this is fucking shit. <laughs> this guy loves swearing. The 1975 best rock band, someone needs to redefine that immediately because that is, I don't know what it is, but it's certainly not fucking rock. Whatever it, <laughs> whatever rock is, that's not it. Um. To be fair, he's right. I wouldn't really class 1975 as a rock band. They're pop. more like a pop. Yeah, pop. they've got like a few songs that are rock. Pop rock? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but that's not their fault that the Brits have put them in that category. No, not at all. And it, it's in the same... It's I think this is kind of the same vein as when Macklemore won the... Was it the VMA or yeah. something? I don't know if it was VMA or... It, it was a music award and he beat out like Kendrick Lamar and like all these other artists and he clearly won it because it was like... Oh, they just wanted them to win. And then it causes the issue of, you know, do you hate Macklemore for that or do you hate the the award ceremony? So I think it's the same thing where it's like, do you really blame the 1975 for being nominated? Can they? They didn't nominate themselves. They don't choose what <laughs> yeah, category they're in. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I pretty much, I wouldn't say I agree with Noel's comments, but I wouldn't say that they're, you know, a million miles from reality. Well, yeah, but I mean, Noel's comment is true in sense of they they shouldn't be nominated for the rock band, and award. he is a slack jawed fuckwit, so he's true there as well. Do you not think though, <laughs> like when you hear that, right? And he's on a promotional interview for his new album. Do you not think he's just been salty as fuck? Oh, oh, he's been salty as fuck, and he's doing it to get attention because he knows the 1975 have just won the rock award, and they're the biggest band in rock at the moment, clearly according to the Brits. So if I badmouth them, it's going to be frontline news. That's um, sad, though. It's Noel fucking Gallagher. But does it surprise you? Because again, it's Noel fucking Gallagher. 
Yeah, but I thought, like, I understand... Or did the, you expect Liam to be doing more of this stuff? No, nah, maybe not anymore. Liam seems to be a bit more open with, like, newer bands and stuff. But I just, like, I get, like, saying stuff about the rock band, but just to straight up in an interview... And this is, like, Matty Healy, I, to be fair, he did tell them both to grow up and get the fucking band back together a few weeks ago. But, like, I don't know, I just think it's shit for one of the biggest artists in the UK to be calling one of the other biggest artists in the UK who aren't exactly, like, fucking Imagine Dragons-level poppy. Just... You know, just just straight slandering, like not even coming up with anything that's funny, just like slack jawed fuckwit. Just seems a bit a bit dead to me. But in the end, Matty Healy did actually respond. What did he say? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to. I'm I'm finding something. I'm on um, Liam Gallagher's Twitter because he's been tweeting out about Noel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got. Uh, we'll we'll come on to that. Oh, okay. But um, <laughs> sorry for derailing. Yeah, I, 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 so I was like, is then. he even listening anymore? <laughs> he didn't like the 1975 that much. <laughs> yeah. But um, Matty Healy uh, yesterday at a show in Ireland was kind of responded, kind of spoke about it. He said the difference between me and Noel is that I do a series of interviews to promote the new album, whereas Noel does a series <laughs> does a new album to promote a series of interviews. And then he said. <laughs> He said, but we love you, Noel. Get Oasis back together. Yeah, fair comments. It's fair comments. It's a little bit jokey, you know. It's a little bit, ooh, come on. A little bit of an Sorry, elbow yeah, dig, yeah. you know what I mean? Like a cheeky, but it's not offensive. No. He's just making a little, oh, and he likes this and he does this. Come on, get it back together. And plus, again, I'm not a fan of Matty Healy, but even if it wasn't Matty Healy, anybody saying that, they're not saying, there's no venom in that. That's no. just a little jokey, like he's a dickhead, but he, that's just a normal comment. Like, I, yeah. I'll tell you what, a proper rate as well. This is just me being a 1975 fan. But um, at the show in Dublin yesterday, the support act pulled out on the day because they were ill. So Matty did a solo acoustic support gig before the 1975. So he just did his own 1975 songs acoustic for an hour, then went backstage for half an hour, then came back and did the proper gig, oh, which, for, which for the fans no, is No, fair very play. Good. Yeah, fair play. Fair play. Like most artists would yeah. be like that. I'll give him that because yeah. I was about to say, yeah, because he's an egotistical cunt. <laughs> but no, I'll give him... Okay, fair play, yeah. That's good. Yeah, and yeah. he's broken up with Taylor Swift. Has he? Yeah, well, apparently I've TNG. heard, yeah, I, but I also didn't even know that they were together. Oh, do you know what? I, it's very quiet. Like, as a as a fan of the 1975, and I don't mind Taylor Swift, but she's just fucking everywhere at the minute, yeah? And all the hardcore Taylor Swift fans online were just slewing Matty Healy, the whole fucking relationship, yeah? So, now that they've broken up, I just don't have to see that on my timeline anymore. And I'm, like, obviously sad for whatever they had going on is over, like, for them personally. But I'm also happy that I don't have to have all the Swifties just fucking going blitz on everything. They, they are ravenous Swifties. <laughs> They're everywhere. You can't can't escape him. She she had beef with Eminem a little while ago. Something came and just Swifties everywhere slating him. Eminem trending, but nothing to do with Eminem. It's the Swifties talking about Eminem. And then there was I can't remember who else it was recently had a whole fucking thing. And I think I wonder if it stems from the fact that she wasn't that big and didn't have that many Swifties when Kanye went ape shit on her that one time. And since then, all the Swifties are going. We need to protect her now. Uh, to be <laughs> she fair, like, needs protection. She has easily become one of the biggest artists in the world. Obviously, oh, yeah. she's going to have that kind of fan. Them, but fucking go outside man like i just don't get it like i get sticking up or like promoting your favorite artist new album but i are out here sending 20 replies to one person who's not even said anything bad about them it's just because you don't like that yeah. person yeah, yeah and yeah. they're in it it's just weird behavior man like it's weird to comment on like people you kind of know as relationships never mind just some random person you've never even seen them live you can't mm -hmm. get a ticket the 20 grand and they, yeah and they say stuff like oh he's not gonna be any good for you be toxic and how do you know that 
I mean, yeah. you're probably doing that with Matty Healy, but how do you know that? How do you know that? You can't say that because, again, we only know the personas that they put out anyway. Who's to say that Taylor Swift's a nice person? She'd be a right bitch behind closed doors. Yeah, Just because her fan interactions are nice doesn't mean she's a nice person. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. but we'll leave the Swifties because if I post a TikTok about <laughs> this, we'll get fucking battered. I Literally, know, we'll have scared. comments, just people kicking our heads I in. Know. I, I love Taylor Swift, really, please. <laughs> but um, we touched on Oasis and oh, them, them lot need to stop flirting, man. Like, just get a room it's unreal. and work it out. It's unreal. And Liam's just announced a bunch of shows in... Early next year. I don't know if he's, he's... He said he's doing it. I don't know if he's announced the dates for it yet. Um, but those are all going to be... Um, I think they were just headline shows in the UK, maybe, or across Europe or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's going to be playing like a load of classic songs and shit. And I think he's very much on the train to you know, potentially bring Oasis back together. Do you know what? I've seen, because Noel's been doing all these interviews and I have keep an eye on uh, Liam's Twitter. They're both just saying to each other, oh, just call me. You know how to get in touch with me. You can get my number. Call me. We'll work it out. And then the other one goes, now nah, you call me. You've got my number. You call me. We'll work it out. And then Liam tweeted yesterday, like, oh, I've seen our kid over in America. I'm actually worried about him. Like, give us a call. Like, yeah. whatever. yeah. Yeah. You fucking, if you're worried about your brother ringing, mate, like, it's yeah. not that difficult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Waiting for them to contact the other person. Well, I think that's what it is, mostly. It seems to be that they just, you know, neither of them wants to take onus for it. Neither of them wants to be the one to commit to it. Because I think it would be like a position of weakness mm. for one of them to say, oh, I'll go on then. Because whoever said, oh, I'll go on then, is going to look like the one that didn't want to do it at this point. Well, so, no, I also feel like it's the opposite. It's If one of them actually picked up the phone, they'd be a legend if they managed to work it out. And in an interview, when, when Noel said, oh, just pick up the phone and ring me, he then went, oh, yeah, but he won't ring me because it'll, it'll end up with us both in the same room and we all know how that ends. It's like, fuck off, man. Grow the fuck <laughs> How old are they now? They're pushing 60. Yeah. Grow up. Just like, I get it if you don't want to get the band back together, but just shut up then. Like, stop talking stop, about it. Stop trying to fucking... The only reason they're doing it is because it's whenever one of them wants, like, they've got a new album coming out or something's going on or they've got a tour or, you know. Like, you're big enough without doing that. Either just sort it out or don't. I don't know. I can't figure out, like, it feels like they're both, they would both be willing to do it. I don't know if it's just that they've missed the times that the other person wanted to do it. You know, where he's gone. For six months, Noel wanted to do it. And then the next six months, Liam watched Yeah, because they're both didn't. very successful in their own individual careers. So mm-hmm. I'd imagine, like, it's not a pressing matter to get the band back together, is it? Well, they just play their songs at their shows anyway. Yeah, exactly. Because so, they, they can them. do their own thing. <laughs> yeah. And because they're doing their own thing, they're probably that busy and doing that many live shows all the time that they'd never even really actually consider what it'd be like to do it. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't be difficult to do a couple of live shows, though. No. They wouldn't need that many rehearsals and stuff because they'd they never... I don't even know how much they would I think, rehearse. I think Bono, who, not Bono, what's he called? Bonehead from Oasis yeah. still plays with Liam or Noel yeah. or did yeah, for yeah, a yeah, bit. One of the, yeah, 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 so, yeah. What did he... Did I think he, he had cancer at one point. He passed away. There was somebody that passed away recently. No, I don't think he died. No, it wasn't Bonehead because he was on Radio X. Uh, he did he, a, he yeah, he did a birthday thing recently, didn't he? It was his birthday. That might have been it. There was somebody, I think. I don't know. Whatever. Um... Yeah, I, whether they'll do it, whether they won't, I don't think is the point at this at this stage. It's more so just stop being little bitches, sort your shit out, grow yeah. up. I don't know. I hope they do. And I'm not even the biggest Oasis fan, to be honest. I think they only have like three good albums. Like well, th- those albums are very fucking mm, good. Like mm. they are. And and I like a, I really like a lot of Noel's solo work and I really like Liam's first solo album. So I like them. But that, um, what was it called? 
Wall of Glass. Yeah, oh, that was a, a tune. That that's was when he a first, tune. Like, yeah, his, that's when yeah. he come back. And like, oh, fuck, fuck BDI. That was rubbish. Oh yeah, nah, nah. I want, I want a fan of that. Really. None of that. Well, I don't really have all else on the music front. I mean, there's Download Festival this weekend. Oh yeah, that's just starting, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. What, what's happening there? That's already looking like a shit tip of a mess. So they've got the four days this year. They've got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So today is one of the days. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Metallica are playing. Tonight. Yeah, they are. Hooray. And um, they're doing, they, they had people come in for parking yesterday and there was people reporting that they got there about midday, 1, 1 p.m. And they didn't park up till about 1 a.m., 2 a.m. Yeah, they I saw something. For 12 to 13 hours. And Download was tweeting out saying, follow the signs. And people were saying, we are following the signs. It's not, you know, this isn't where it's supposed to be. Uh, people saying that the staff didn't know where they were supposed to be pointing people. Um, they tweeted out today that every car park is full apart from South Car Park, so ignore all signs and go to South Car Park. Um, it's Thursday, <laughs> and that was at like one p.m. Yeah, they fucked it. Where, they? where? What about the people coming Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Where are they going to park? Yeah, the people that could only the people people might have weekend tickets, but not coming on the Thursday because they can't get the time off work. So they'll come. I think they'll see a large influx of people Friday evening because. Do you think that this is the fallout of like this? Seems to me to be the first lot of festivals that have sold out again in a while. Like, do you know, straight after COVID, a lot of them didn't sell out, whereas this year, a lot of them are. And it looks like they just anticipated how busy it'd be. I don't know if it's that or whether it's that they're overselling tickets to recoup money for losses that they've had in previous years. Not overselling purposefully, but selling more than they should. Um, And also, the RIP camping at Download, which is the, uh, like, premium camping where you get, like, yurts and pre-made shit and whatever um that's fucking huge this year it's so much bigger than it was in previous years and it seems like you know they've increased the area to sell more premium tickets they can charge a higher price for those tickets they're allowing more people in because it seems like they're trying Mm -hmm. to get more money which kind of plays into the money grub inside of things because i think a lot of the issues with the festivals it's probably related to money. Yeah, most definitely. All the tickets have gone up massively in price. They, they clearly try to get it for all it's worth. But. Yeah, and I, I think as a whole for, for download, um, I've got mates that were going to be off today, but they're going tomorrow instead or something at like midday to try and beat out because people don't want to be stuck in all the traffic. Yeah, what's the point? Because if you go this evening, everyone's going to be going after because everyone will have Friday off and they'll be going this evening to get there for the weekend. And then tomorrow evening... People who couldn't get Friday off will be going for the weekend, so it'll be just as bad then. There's not going to be a point, which is going to be a good point to go there. Mm-hmm. But that's a sad state of affairs when you've got uh, you've bought expensive tickets for this festival and you're worried about how you're actually going to bloody park up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm just trying to find some um, tweets from people that are at download at the moment um, because people are saying, you know, 13 hours... Um, not going to address the rumours that every car park you have is full and uh, that's why nobody's moving. I live in a neighbouring village and people haven't moved for hours on end. Something's going on and you're not telling your customers. Uh, someone said a steward has just informed us that Live Nation have oversold the event by 20k. So that might have something to do with it. Uh, you guys are a joke. Over 12 hours stuck in traffic and still going. Um, don't know what your staff, what you're doing and your staff haven't got a clue either. Uh, they can't get their own wristbands either. So the staff is screwed. Uh, the employed people can't get through to get to work. Uh, and it's not just that, because Derby, where it's taking place, is Donington Park, which is right next to the airport. Um, so 
not only is it fucking up traffic for download, there's all the towns around it. It's fucking up the airport. People are saying any apologies to other people wanting to use major roads in the air in the area. I needed to go to Long Eaton to Bir- from Long Eaton to Birmingham to visit my aunt in hospital. Why did I have to join queues of over an hour in each direction on the M1 and A42? And uh, the people they were apologizing to were going to a fixed point and had limited travel options. You could have literally avoided it. And people were saying, well, no, it's not the case. There is really only a couple of routes to get from certain locations and download have basically just congested the entire area. They've really fucked it up then. Yeah. Well, I look forward to seeing it all on Twitter over the weekend. Oh, I'm sure we'll like. see plenty of I hope it. that it's not like that for Reading and Leeds. Or that I'm off to that Wurcher in Belgium and that's fully sold out. They're in a single ticket. Every VIP version is sold out. So I don't know what that's going to be like, but I'm hoping it's not a shit show because I'm going to be in a different fucking country as I well. bet you any money, it'd be tenfold better and yeah, way more organised. Yeah. It'll, it'll feel like there's nobody there when you get there. Yeah. It'll be completely sold and it'll be so well organised. We can be, pray. Oh, yeah. One other thing I wanted to talk about uh, is the new Apple product Ooh, this week. AR. So, and, and one of the most interesting facts about this for me, and I kind of didn't clock that it's been this long, this is the first new Apple product device in eight years. Like they've not like they've just stuck with new versions of the iPhone, iPad, right, AirPods. AirPods were like the yeah, last AirPod new like Max or Pro. Yeah, but they're just, just the same thing. New versions, yeah. Which is crazy. This yeah. is the first like. So new, what was the what was the last thing that they did? I think it will have been AirPods or AirPods Max, if you would class that. But it was just another variant. That's like the first time they dived into expensive headphones, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, other that was that was after the Beats acquisition, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. other than that. There's not. It's still just been iPad, That's Mac. Crazy. You know what I mean. Another another fun fact before we go into it. This is the first device in which either um, Steve Jobs or Tim Cook. There's been no promotional image of them using the device. Every other device they've had it, or they've had their headphones in, or wow. they've had something. This is the first one where they've not done it, and people are wondering why. And then all that people are posting in replies is the picture of Mark Zuckerberg with his Quest headset and he just looks like a dick and everyone's going, this is probably why. Because you just look like a knob. You can't have a good picture with something like that on. You do look funny with those on. But so it's like a, it's an AR device, isn't it? Like Mm -hmm. alternate reality. And I've watched the demos. Yeah, augmented. Um, I've watched the demos. I watched MKBHD's video, Marquez Brownlee. And that was like, it looked really cool. But it's also at a 3500, so 3.5k price point, mm-hmm. which is like shit. But my first thought from it was have you seen any of the demos from it or anything? Or have no. you not seen much about it? So, like, it's effectively like it's just like a 4k, like 4k VR headset, but the sensors on it are really, really good. So, they were showing one example where, because it's just like a PC on your head, mm-hmm. like you can have, you can just put up three monitors. And a fake keyboard will come up, or you can have a real keyboard, and you can literally work three monitors, resize them however big you want, do anything you want. You just scroll by just going like that, and it just works, and you can have your fingers anywhere and do anything you want. Yo. And it looked it looked crazy, and you can select certain things just by looking at it for so long or kind of like doing that. And Yeah, the eye gestures. Yeah, that was yeah. the first bit of it that I thought, for it to have any practical use, for it to sell any units and continue offices are the first place I could see it going because you know if someone's in the Apple ecosystem already like if a, if a high-tech office and a lot of them do use Macs or at least other people higher up do you would just need that you'd never need a replacement keyboard you'd never need a replacement mouse you wouldn't have multiple devices you could just have it all on there and save stuff to the cloud you could have meetings with other people that have them where it's completely virtual but you're in exactly the same like HD room and you can like it just it would just work mm-hmm. 
Um, that's the only like use case I could see for it for now. Um, but Marquez raised a really good point of now that Apple are releasing a high, high-end VR headset, it's going to mean that a lot more like dev companies and stuff start to go, all right, shit, now we'll, we'll really back it and put a lot of resource into this. Whereas up to now, it's been like mainly gaming. Mm-hmm. This brings out a whole new market for it completely. Yeah, because with this, it feels like there's going to be a lot more possibility because I know Meta wanted to do it. And I know, I mean, Oculus is Meta now, isn't it? Um, I know they all wanted to do it where it's a, a realistic experience and when you move your hands, but none of them ever achieved it. But it sounds like if, you know, Apple hit the nail on the head, which they always do, and everyone always follows, and everyone goes, no, but Samsung did this thing first. It's like they might have, but Apple did it better. And as soon as Apple did it, everybody copied because they execute things very well. I'm not a massive Apple fanboy, but you can't deny that they are the industry leaders in every form of technology. And I reckon they might have had this headset under wraps for time. Mm, And they've been going... Well, well, actually, no, the Meta Quest can do that. Let's wait a couple of months, get these other features sorted on it, and then let's just fucking blow it out of the water. Because Zuckerberg's probably shitting the bed now. He's probably yeah. going, nobody wants my shit now. They don't want to play in the fucking Meverse where everyone looks like 2D characters of themselves. That's the problem. I think Meta's more cartoony, and they're trying to get it to seem realistic and like something that can be used in the workplace. And Apple have come in and gone, it, no, we'll do that. You feels, keep a game, keep yeah, a gaming device. That's it. Gaming device that they've tried to make into, whereas mm. Apple's kind of the other way around where they've made a VR device that can be used for gaming, whereas instead of a gaming device that can be used for VR. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the other cool things you could do is like they showed an example of someone on a plane and obviously you can just have headphones on. I think it might come with headphones of some kind. Um, and you can have a film on on Netflix and you can literally just make the TV as big as you want and it's in 4K. Like True. it's fantastic because the screen is, so you can just put it as big as you want, but you can keep a little bit of vision. So like, for example, if you wanted to make sure the flight attendant or your wife or whatever wanted you, you can still see that. Um, and they were also, I don't know if this is what Mark has mentioned or this is already in the works, but they were saying it's going to be that high quality that you're going to be able to buy, like you could buy a pass for like a tenner a month where you could have a seat in a football stadium or an NBA game and you could just watch it like you're watching it, and you're in the front row at the five thousand dollar seat. Be a camera, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you could like be there in four K, full HD, three sixty yeah. vision. That'd be a sick one. That could be something else. The the only the only downside to it is you have to wear a big fucking headset. Oh yeah, and you're also not actually there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that too. Yeah, yeah. But well, if you take that away, then I think I think that's the only downside I have with. I mean. It's obviously the major downside is that you have to wear the headset, but I think that's a, it's quite a big downside for me because I really don't like, I think I'd like it in the way that you're saying where you can have the view of the peripheral view so you can still see what's going on. Mm. Because what I hate is when you go over to a mate's house, you're all doing VR, they go, it's your go, you go stand up there, you're in a room with like six or seven people, you have to put these goggles on and pray they're not going to kick you in the dick. Yeah. You know, you're going to, it's so, it, I, it, it, as a group, activity i fucking hate it because i don't want to be able to not see anything and even if i was on my own i feel like if i had the headset on i'd still well that's be like, what oh, where's the cat am i going to step on am i going to kick the table you know i'd always be checking that's what made this seem really good because it was like one of the examples the gave was a guy was in his kitchen making something and he had the headset on and he had the recipes up and he had a video on i had all the things and he was just scrolling and then his kid kicked a football at him from the other side, but he could still see that. So he just kicked the football back and then carried on doing his thing. And you could move tabs around and do whatever. I don't know. It's It feels like it's kind of like what Google Glass wanted to be. Yeah, definitely. But 
obviously Apple have gone, we can't put this in a set of glasses. It's going to have to be a headset. So they've used like realistic and gone, look, you can have what Google Glass was going to do, but you're going to have to wear a big headset because we're not in the year 20, you know, 2900. We're not at the point where we can have tiny tech like that. We're just not. Yeah. And I also, I'd say as it looks really weird when you see like the promotional video and someone's in the kitchen wearing one of them. And it does seem very strange, but everything, every new tech innovation seems really strange. When everyone had these pieces of glass going around with them that you could take photos on and do anything with pretty much people, mm, that's a bit weird. I don't know if I like the like privacy version of that. AirPods. AirPods, everyone was like, oh, they're a bit shit actually. They'll fall out your ears. Who wants, who wants, just use wires, but also, man. But yeah, and also people would say they looked very bizarre and like you're a little alien. Oh, you'd connected to the internet with that kind of thing. And now it's just become commonplace. Exactly. And I could see a day, like I think when these... If it sells well enough for there to be a few iterations, which it definitely will because it's Apple and a lot of people will just pick it up to test it and review it and whatever. Because it's Apple. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that in 10, 15 years, there is a potential world where like high-end companies, you go into the office and there's no computers. People just carry one of them around. They can work from anywhere. They don't have to be at the desk. They don't have to carry the computer around with them. They can just slam it on. Boom. It'll be real. Unlimited monitors everywhere. You're not limited to just a laptop if you're on the go. Mm -hmm. Like unlimited power and access to the cloud and stuff. I think that that is where it will probably be taken. And then those people will just end up using it at home and it'll become normalized because then kids will see it when they're growing up and by the time they're older, they'll think, oh, I'll have one of them when I'm doing my work. Mm-hmm. When I'm making music, you could have different f- instruments and stuff ready. You could have a fake keyboard on the side and play a few keys and then you could have some drums there and play a few drums and you could have the actual track there yeah, ready to the music make music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there is many use cases where it could be not only helpful, but actually save you money in the long run. Because mm-hmm. you're not going to have to buy all the extra equipment, are you? And yeah. all the extra Imagine if, like, and Final Cut... I could sit here with Final Cut in front of me and pick the camera angle and then go, oh, actually, I want that bit there. Oh, that's good for a trailer. Put that over there. And I could literally just be doing that. And I'll fast forward a bit and it could, yeah, it yeah, could be cool. Yeah, I see that. But yeah. I think that's a few iterations down the line. But it's far away. It would have to be a lot sleeker for that to be the case. Yeah. It'd have to be kind of like a bulky pair of sunglasses to get mm-hmm. to that point, I think. Um, but I reckon 20 years. Yeah. I don't even think that. I think if it sells well, 10, 15. It won't sell well. It won't, it, it won't sell as well consumerly. Consumerly? Yeah. To, the, no, no, to, this to one, me and you. They'll know that, that one, this one's not gonna. It'll be businesses that end up buying this. Yeah, definitely. And I reckon, they'll, I reckon a lot of businesses will buy one and then they'll go all in and they'll uphold their ecosystem, put it on there, and then they'll go, shit, why did we do that? Because <laughs> then Apple stops supporting it. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, overall, good shit. I think, I think we're very, very faster and faster and more rapidly than I ever expected plummeting towards the movie uh, Wally, <laughs> where we're yeah. all going around on big beds that float with goggles on that make us think we're fucking gladiators fighting spaceships or some fucking so shit. So in 15 <laughs> years, you'll be able to watch us two sat in your front room on your sofa Whoa. doing a podcast. Yeah. If, we, if the podcast makes it 15 years, that's a long time well, away. Well, if we'll technology is that advanced, they might be take this video now yeah. and superimpose us. <laughs> Put us on your sofa, <laughs> yeah. and that's all you need. That'll that's provide it. you with all the entertainment. Yeah. But um, I say we call call yeah. this one a day. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't even know when the next episode will be, so we'll see you soon. Yeah. <laughs>